Good morning. Um, let's pray. Lord, we, we pray that you would be with us. We pray that you would minister to us, Holy Spirit. We ask that you uh, be among us and be in us and uh, teach, rebuke, correct, train us in righteousness. And uh, Father, I pray that uh, this won't just be a normal day. This will be a day when Almighty God is in us and speaks uh, into our hearts and gives us purpose, uh, gives us revelation for our lives and gives us a, a, a glimpse, a hint of your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'm in uh, Acts chapter 2 today. I've been in Acts chapter 2 for a couple of weeks, and uh, we did leave with a to be continued last week, but if you were not here last week, don't worry. You're not, you're, you're not behind. Uh, this will all make sense on its own. Uh, and also, uh, if you haven't been here before, I want you to understand that you are welcome here. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't care about from this time to forever ago, okay? Let's work on now into the future, okay? Uh, so if you walked in here thinking that, man, everybody knows me and they're, they're, they, they know what I've done or all these, dude, I don't care. Uh, I don't care, but we believe that Jesus has life for you in him. He has life for you. This is, this, is a, this is an account of that life that he has for you in Acts. Acts is, uh, it's not like A-X-E, like chopping down a tree. This is A-C-T, like an act, like a service, like a thing that you do. This is where the church begins. Jesus has, uh, uh, he has died, he has risen, he came back and showed himself, revealed himself for 40 days. He said, wait 10 more days after, the, after 50 days, uh, after uh, Passover, uh, the, uh, the, the disciples are all together in an upper room. The Holy Spirit comes down on them. They go out and they begin to preach and they begin to minister and the Holy Spirit begins to do these things and, and the people are struck to the heart and they say, what should we do? Uh, and, and the apostle Peter preaches to them and, and they replied, you know, what should we do? And he tells them in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Again, we're in Acts, so follow along with me in your Bible. If you don't have one, you're in the right place because we have some for you. We have free ones right by the door, and it is our absolute joy when you take those. If you want something uh, a little nicer and, and you want to look smart because your book is in leather, uh, we have those. If you walk out straight to your left, I have I have prices posted on those, and that price means that's what I paid for it. You pay what you can pay. Drop it in the box if you want one of those. But there's free ones by the door. Please take that. We want you to go home and read. We believe that the Holy Spirit, who we're going to talk about today, will speak to you directly. You do, this is a pep rally, and church is necessary. I am not. I am not necessary for you to hear from God. The Father will speak directly to you. Now, uh, in, in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, uh, Peter replies to the people when they say, what should we do? He said, repent and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. We spoke about that all last week, and then here's the part that I'm going to hone in uh, on for the next 10 minutes, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, okay? You will receive the Holy Spirit. I love that sound. I absolutely, man, the, like being next to this old airport is like my favorite thing in Ranger. 
I love the old planes. So that doesn't bother me at all. I love it. Uh, receive the Holy Spirit. What happens when you receive uh, the Holy Spirit? Well, there's an account all through Acts of things that happen when these people receive the Holy Spirit. And this is not a, a prescription for you of what will happen to you. Don't make that mistake, that it has to happen the same way to you or for you that it happened for them. Don't make the mistake of thinking that someone else has to come through the faith that you, in the same way you came through the faith, okay? That's like telling you that your marriage is never going to work unless you do the same thing on your first date that me and my wife did on our first date, okay? So don't try to, don't, don't try to push that off on anyone. That's not how it works, okay? Uh, but we talked a little while ago about how the Holy Spirit does not come down on you so that you can do party tricks. The Holy Spirit is not the thing where those who are, are non-believing, which by the way, if you know me, that was my story, very hard for me to believe uh, in, in God at all. And so I sympathize with you if that is your story. But this is not a, the place where you go, well, if you have the Holy Spirit, make this fall over. Why don't you levitate? Why don't you, uh, this is not how God works. He doesn't entertain these things. Uh, why does he do it? I have my theories, but in large, it is a mystery that I have to believe uh, by faith, okay? So we're gonna believe all these things that we believe by faith. Ha <laughs> ha, what a foolish Man, you are a Christian. Man, listen, I believe in the beginning God. Well, then where did God come from? I don't know. I believe that part by faith. What a fool. Well, what are the other options? What are the other? And I'm not saying that anyone's foolish. I'm not saying any of those things. I'm saying if you're trying to avoid faith, if you're trying to skirt around faith, you cannot do it because Ultimately, here's the other option, primarily in the United States. In the beginning, nothing created everything. Bro, you got more faith than I got. You got more faith than I got. So, so again, that's not throwing shade at anyone. I'm just saying you're putting your faith in something, okay? Now, uh, back to the Holy Spirit. What happens when you have the Holy Spirit? Galatians chapter 5 Verse 22, we get a, a, a snippet here of what happens when we receive the Holy Spirit. Oh, then I begin to like tell mountains to move and I can speak in tongues and I can do all these things. Hold, hold right there. Okay, this is primarily, this is not the role of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said that he would come as a counselor, as the comforter, as the advocate. This is not, you, you didn't receive the Holy Spirit, now you're a magician. It's not how this works. We would pervert that. Let me just leave you out of it. I would pervert that. Right? Man, when somebody cuts me off in traffic, fire! <laughs> I would pervert that. Galatians 5, 23. But the fruit of the Spirit. Now, hold on before, before we go any further in there. The fruit, not fruits. Okay? The fruit. This is one fruit containing all of these things. Okay? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That is what the Holy Spirit is coming to produce in you. Okay? 
So primarily, what is the job of the Holy Spirit? Well, he is coming to be an advocate for you. This is the kind of person that Christ wants you to be. I want you to look at this list. Now, a lot of you in this place, including this guy, have a story about being hurt in the church by church people, by professing Christians. Some of you have a story about how I hurt your feelings. I don't deny that. But here's what I'm going to say. If you are mad at God because a Christian wounded you, let me ask you, which of the fruits, fruit, which of the fruit of the Spirit were they portraying? <laughs> what teachings of Jesus were they following when they hurt you? If I hurt you, it's probably because I was walking in the flesh. Or you just didn't want to hear the truth. But probably because I was walking in the flesh. <laughs> okay? Listen to this. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Not a bad list. So were you hurt? Yes, but it was a human it was a human doing human things. We were not following the teachings of Jesus uh, when that happened, just in case you're holding that against God. But this is the fruit of the Spirit. When you have the Spirit, you start growing in one of these. You start growing in these. In all of these. He begins to give that to you. Many of you have that story. I have that story. I was not a compassionate person by nature. And then the Holy Spirit begins to change me from the inside out. And all of a sudden it's like, lo and behold, I have tears. Now I have no oil when I blink, but I can cry. <laughs> if you don't know, I have a weird eye thing. This is, these, these, this is how my eyes operate. Otherwise, it's kind of like if you would scotch tape your eyelids open. It's what my day-to-day -day is like. It's not quite that bad, but. First Corinthians 12, 4 through 11 begins to speak about something different, okay? We were talking about the fruit of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to guide you, to lead you, to make you the kind of person. He says, Jesus says that he will guide you into all truth, and so he makes us that joyful, peaceful person. Are you perfect in that? I'm sure you're not. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's not good? No, it's us. Do you, you understand the Holy Spirit has a personality? And, 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 and we say things like this, and I want to tell you these things are not biblical. We say things like, I just need more of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit needs more of you. Okay, that's the thing. Or we say something like, and, and I hear people say that. They're like, oh, yeah, I hear you're the pastor of a church. Is it a spirit-filled church? And you'll just see me biting my tongue. <laughs> Listen to what Peter said. He said, repent and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So do you know which churches are spirit-filled? Ones with Christians in them. That's a spirit-filled church. Now, he may not have all of us, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But we have 
him. He said he would never leave us or forsake us. We have the Spirit. Now, these are the fruits of the Spirit. This is what the Lord does. But he has a job for you to do. And if the Holy Spirit has a job for you, if Christ has a job for you to do, it's probably well beyond your limitations. Therefore, he will give you gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11. Now, there are different gifts. See, we talked about the fruit. Now we're talking about gifts. But the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God works all of them in each person. Listen to this. I love verse 7. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. A manifestation of the Spirit. In other words, something supernatural, something that you cannot see, something that is spiritual, manifest physically in you. For what reason? For the common good. For the common good. The Lord has done these things for me before. I've gotten to see a lot of the really cool things. It's not my lead-off story when I talk to your friends because you just look like a weirdo, right? I have, I have had my mind taken and just been able to be somewhere else. God has done this and given me visions. Uh, you guys know the story between my wife, Dusty, many others in this church. There are dreams uh, that happen in this place. There are prophetic things that happen in this place. And, and the Lord has given us that gift. We have had people in this place who were healed. But we also have a lot of days where we don't have dreams, where we don't have visions. And we pray over people who aren't healed. He says... A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. And so sometimes we try to use the Spirit in a way that is not for the common good. Jesus is going, that is not good right now. No. Okay, we trust you. To one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by one Spirit. To another... Uh, the performing of miracles to another prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits to another different kinds of tongues to another interpretation of tongues. One and the same spirit is active in all these distributing to each person as he wills. Listen to that part. Distributing to each person as he wills. Distributing, okay? Holy Spirit distributing where he wants, when he wants, how he wants for the common good. So to have a teaching that if you don't have this spiritual gift, you're not a Christian, is not biblical. Okay? So if someone tries to tell you, you're not doing this, therefore you don't have the Holy Spirit, bro, just smile and go on. Man, I mean, we can, we can all disagree. We can, we can all disagree. But I, I, I am bound to listen to the Scripture. Okay? Everybody in here has opinions. And man, that's great, and I love you, and we can sit over a campfire and we can talk about your opinions, but I will not base my life on them. And I don't expect you to base your life on my opinions either. That is why we preach God's Word. Okay? That I stake my life on. So, how do I get more of the Spirit? Ah! See, there we go again. It's not getting more of the Spirit. It's how does the Spirit get more of me? How do I walk more often in the Spirit instead of in the flesh? And honestly, and everybody's on pins and needles right now, oh, I want to do this. How do I get more of the Spirit? But I'm going to tell you probably know the answer to that. 
to give yourself to the Spirit more. And we're all working on that. That is just part of our Christian walk. And so you may say, hey, I am doing better. I am making strides. You're probably doing the same thing in your diet. Let me tell you, let me tell you my diet, okay? When I want to lose weight, I'll skip breakfast and I'll eat like a postage stamp for lunch. And then I ravenously raid the kitchen at dinner, followed by a bowl of ice cream. And the diet's just not working. And it's frustrating because I was hungry all day. You're like, well, you're not trying. Yes, I am. Because I was hungry in the morning. I was hungry at lunch. I was hungry most of the day. Isn't that what a diet means? I'm hungry a lot. See what I'm saying? But then I would sabotage myself. I'm not, I wasn't, I'm not giving myself to that diet, and so what is the fruit? Right? And so I had that diet for 10 years. I started a new diet every Monday. <laughs> it was the same one. Never worked. And our Christian walk is a lot like that. Man, I want to be more spiritual. My goal this year is just to get closer to the Lord. And so we do some things, but we're not giving ourselves to the Lord. And that's always what he has asked for. You never have to ask, what does the Lord want from me? Because the answer is always all of it. So, to a believer is given the Holy Spirit. If you are in this place and you believe, you have the Holy Spirit. If you're in this place and you don't believe, you're still my friend. We still love you. I'm speaking to believers for a second. If you are a believer in this place, you have the Holy Spirit. Here's your hold back. Does he have you? Okay? So don't be like the world. We're supposed to live differently than the world lives. The early church took off because they lived differently. Okay? Acts chapter 2, verse 42. This is what happens. Peter says, I want you to repent, be baptized. You will receive the Holy Spirit. And then this is the, sort of the afterward of what happened. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. They devoted themselves. Think about that. Okay? They devoted themselves to. We, we lose this, but truly, in, in the terms that we use it, uh, you know, we have diluted this word a lot, but when I say I am devoted to my wife, that means I am only pursuing my wife, right? That means, so when we, we, you have a wedding, you say I'm devoted to this, but then we dilute it and we say, well, I'm, I'm devoted to this sport. I'm devoted to this team. Oh, I'm devoted to the Cowboys. Well, but Thursday night that you were watching a different football team. I like to watch around, you know. We dilute the word devoted, but they said that they devoted. In other words, like this is what they did. This is what they lived for. Did they go to work? I'm sure. Why? They're working so that they can do something else. It was all for a reason. They were devoted, okay? What does that mean? It means if you got saved years ago and you haven't changed Did you get saved years ago? That's above my pay grade. I don't know. That's between you and Jesus. Or at least ask yourself this. Have you devoted yourself? 
Romans chapter 12, verse 2. I love this scripture. It should be on the screen. All the scripture will be on the screen if you haven't noticed that. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do you want to be more spiritual? Do you want to follow the Lord? Do you want the Holy Spirit? If the Holy Spirit's going to be my guide into all truth, why isn't he guiding me? Well, if I continue to be conformed to the world, then, then the pattern's off. I brought something for you today to, to help teach you this, okay? Uh, in fact, I bring this almost every Sunday. In fact, you'll never see me without it. I have... In my shoe, something, and you'll rarely ever see me without it. It just looks like a normal shoe. And in this shoe is a soft sole, just like in your shoe. But I have something under mine. I have multiple pairs of these, and they're for different things. But you've never seen me shaking my hand or anything that I didn't have this. See, when I was 18, 19 years old, I didn't know what it was, but I had severe plantar fasciitis. That's how we say it in the South. So basically, all the tendons that go under my foot connects all the way up the calf, really goes up all the way uh, up your body, but there's a, a, a sac, if you will, that kind of surrounds those tendons, and as my arch, I have a high arch, and as it falls, it will tear that sack. And it's very painful. I didn't know what it was, uh, but it makes it hard to walk. Some days it's hard to walk. Some days it literally will feel like my foot has broken in half. It hasn't, but it feels like it is. Uh, and so I have these. Now, I had tried different versions of this for a very long time. But here was the problem. They're all soft. And these comes in all shape and forms. And they have all these rises in them to support my arch. But the problem is they're all soft. And eventually they will all mold to the shape of my foot. Well, what's the problem with that? The shape of my foot is the problem. And so everything is molding to a broken pattern. So I got these bad boys. They come with three pairs. It costs $1,000 for all three of these. And these, you could run over this with a Mack truck and it would not change. This is hard as a brick. What I found was, instead of something that would mold to the jacked up shape of my foot, I needed my jacked up foot to mold to the shape that it should be. What I found was, instead of conforming everything to a broken system, if I would form the system around the correct pattern, it would go well. Now, as long as I'm wearing this set of insoles, you will not see me jump off of anything high. You will not see me run. I can't. In fact, if you were to borrow these and walk around in them, unless you have just a very 
unless you have a, a high arch that falls almost none at all, you would only be able to handle it for about 10 minutes. I could only handle it for about 10 minutes, and then every day I would work my way up until I could wear them for long periods of time because it hurts when you mold the broken system around the right pattern. But I just got stronger and stronger, and I was able to do it more and more. It didn't happen overnight. What are you saying? I'm saying that the Word of God is that hard insole, and I need to shape my life around it, okay? And so for, for many of us, that is quite a shock to our life in the beginning, and you will notice that you just keep getting better and better and better at it. And so I need to shape my life around this. What we do, though, is this is a little too hard. It's a little too uncomfortable. And so I need a softer version. And so we live in a society that will not take the hard truths of the gospel and shape our lives around it. We soften it up so that it's a little more palatable. We soften it to the point that there's no period where I have to break in my life around it. Well, Jesus, I just have a little different view about sin. I just have a little different view about the origins. I just have a little different view about how I should respond to people. I just think that you should be a little different around these things. And so we have a soft soul, and you wear it, and it's the same broken foot. We dilute the gospel, we soften it, and we try to live by it until it's not the principles that Jesus taught, and it brings us no comfort. See, if I were to bring you two pairs of insoles, and one is real soft and foamy and comfortable, and the other is hard as a brick, say, which of these do you think is going to make my foot feel much better at the end of the day? We would all pick the soft. It's human nature. And we try to do that, but eventually I had to say, this isn't working. I have to try something else. And that's what I want to encourage, not just anyone in here, but the church at large. We have got to find something else instead of trying to soften and, and try to add in a little bit of our own morality into what the Bible is teaching to make it palatable for society. Just take it as it is and form my life around it and see if that doesn't make me a better man. See if that doesn't actually make things more palatable. See if at the end of the day I don't have hope Don't try to conform Jesus to a failing life. Form a failing life around Jesus. It works so much better. But this is what they devoted themselves to. It says they devoted themselves to teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. That's a pretty good pattern. Here we say, read your Bible, go to church. Read your Bible, pray, go to church, and be the church. I was like, my gosh, I was only four and I've forgotten it. Uh, read your Bible, pray, go to church, and be the church. It's kind of the same thing. In fact, it's pretty much the same thing. 
See, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They didn't have this yet. Until about 300 or so A.D., there wasn't going to be a copy of these all bound together yet. Now, these letters in the New Testament would pass around, and you could go to your uh, local synagogue, and you could get copies of the Old Testament, but they didn't have this. And so, uh, according to as the Holy Spirit taught them, the apostles would teach. We have that all written down. You can take the teachings of the apostles anytime you want. I mean, they would, they would sacrifice everything to go hear the teaching, and it sits on your nightstand. I'll give you one on the way out the door. If you've never read it before, open up. There's two, two sections. There's the Old Testament and a New Testament. When Jesus comes, that's the New Testament. We could also call that the New Covenant or the New Law. That's the law that you live under. That's the expectations Jesus has for you. Start there. It'll start. It's the last 27 books in here. There's 66 books in here. Last 27 starts with Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, uh, Acts, Romans. Okay, man, start in Matthew. Just start right there. That's how he expects you uh, to live. So devote yourself to the teaching. That's why the church is here. We'll help you. We have life groups tonight. We have men's groups. We have women's groups. We have a college group. We have a youth group. Uh, we have a fourth, fifth, and sixth grade group. Little campers are over there. We have made it to where we can help you devote yourself to this. They devoted themselves to the teaching, and they listened to it, and they did it. Okay? They devoted themselves to fellowship. Listen. Understand that you live in Ranger. You're like, man, I'm just, I, I just don't like big cre people. I don't like big crowds. Well, you live in Ranger. There's not a real good chance of you being in a big crowd. Okay? <laughs> I get that. I get social anxiety. I get nervousness. But you were created to fellowship. God made you to be around people and love on people. In fact, I don't think that you will fully experience happiness until you are around and loving on people. And so the very thing that you isolate yourself from is probably the very thing that you need. They did life together. You're like, well, yeah, but it was all spirit. No, that's going to be part of breaking bread. Okay, I'm going to get there in a second. They did life together. I'm telling you, as your pastor, you need more friends, and if you wait around for that to happen, uh, don't hold your breath. Nobody's coming to befriend you. You're going to have to make that move. But I'm telling you spiritually, and I can take you all through the Scripture and show you this, you need friends. You need to hang out. You need to do stuff. You need to have people at your home. You need, and, and this is your worst fear, you need to say yes to an invitation and go to someone else's home is part of how they did this, how they changed things. They had friends. It was basically like, I mean, the only thing we can really relate that to around here is a biker gang, honestly. And these dudes have each other's back. I didn't know much about bikers until I moved to Ranger, and I've had multiple people Tell me, first of all, that they had people that could take care of me. And then others who were getting saved were like, if you need anybody you get taken care of, we can do I'm like, we don't really do that here. Okay? But in, in these gangs, in these group of men, they fellowship to the point where they are family. And it was a lot like little different social activities, but it was a lot like what the 
the church was doing. They were together. And if I needed it and you had it, I had it. If you needed it and I had it, you had it. That's just how they lived. And the world saw that and was jealous. Teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread. This possibly is referring largely to the Lord's Supper. Okay? Uh, that would have been a really big deal because uh, used to there was the bread of presence in the temple and only the priest would eat that together. And so for them to get together and break bread sort of like the priest used to do uh, kind of meant that they are now priests in themselves. So they were breaking bread. They were sharing. You, you, if you've never taken the Lord's Supper, come to one of our life groups, one of our Bible studies. Uh, every life group, we're supposed to be <coughs> life group leaders. Uh, we're supposed to be doing the Lord's Supper. Every, every life group, every Bible study that we have, we're doing the Lord's Supper uh, because it is taking the flesh of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. We're thinking about that. We're doing it together. And it also means like you're the priest. You are, you are e equipped, okay? So it's more than just fun times together. They were doing Jesus together. They, th this is what they were doing. So uh, teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. Let me ask you this. You know, there's, there's the old bumper sticker that's like, if you got everything that you were praying for, what would you have? Others say, if you got everything that you were praying for, would you have everything or would others? You know, and, 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 and that's cool. We need to look at it like that. But I would ask you this. Um, what if your prayer life was devoted? Okay, for example, I know we're just about everybody's going to be at 720 this afternoon. There's a game on. You'll be watching it. You don't miss many of them. What if you were devoted to prayer that way? Run through your phone. Open up your home screen if you have an iPhone and swipe this way. I don't know. Is that swapping right? It's like you start at the left, but then it goes right. I don't know if that's swapping left or right. You can tell I've never been on a dating app. Uh, I don't know which way that's swapping, but if you go the opposite way that you normally go to check all your apps, it will give you your screen time. Check your social media time. What if you were devoted to prayer like that? What would it change? Lots of people, I've told a story about a friend of mine who at 16 years old set his Bible on top of his Xbox and he said, I will not play FIFA, that was the thing then I guess, until I've spent time with God. And so, I mean, to this day, still serving the Lord. Why do you think? He's devoted. Uh, what if we were devoted to prayer like that. The early church did it and changed the world. What if we were devoted to ranger like that? In prayer. In prayer. I want to ask you this week to join me in praying for ranger. You devote it in some way. You set an alarm for, for a certain time. You don't eat lunch until you pray. You don't put your shoes on until you pray, you can't go to sleep until you pray. However that works for you, I'm asking you to devote yourself this week in prayer for our community. I'm going to ask you another thing. This is just a little commercial break because I have a second. I'm going to ask you to do this. Uh, this was proposed to me this week, and I absolutely love the idea. Uh, many of you have loved ones who um, maybe don't believe in, in the Lord, okay? Uh, you have friends, loved ones, 
who, man, they, they, maybe they believe, but they don't want to go to church because there's some kind of hindrance. There's some kind of thing that keeps them. They need someone to come and visit with them, talk to them, chat with them. Uh, I want you to pray about that this week. I want you to come back with names for me. Not just me, but others in the church. We would love to go visit with them in love. I have zero interest in arguing with them. I have argued this many people into the kingdom of heaven. And I bet you are on the exact same number. It doesn't work that way. But to go in love to someone, we would love to do that. I want you to come back with a name for me. Man, I got a neighbor, and, and here's a hindrance. We need to go visit with them. And I would love to do that. Maybe not even just me. Uh, there's, there's others in the church that I want to do that as well. It doesn't have to be me. In a lot of cases, it doesn't need to be me. Y'all realize what it's like to be a preacher and walk into any given room? I am an alien, an absolute freak. It's probably better that it's somebody else, but we want to send somebody. So quick commercial uh, break for that. But Acts chapter 2, verse 43, we'll finish up right here. Everyone was filled with awe. Okay, Remember, they devoted themselves uh, to teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. And in verse 43, this is the result. This is what happens in the community. Everyone was filled with awe. And many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to the meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. Do you understand that means they were having church every day? The word church is not even in the Bible. We get, we get our word church actually from the German language, which is how they translate meeting. They were meeting. This is church. They were meeting every day, breaking bread, loving on people, sharing with people. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. So the people devoted themselves, and as a result, there was a sense of awe. There were signs and wonders. People were taking care of each other. Okay? Now, I told you in the beginning that the book of Acts talks about what happened. It, it, it's not a prescription for exactly how you're supposed to do it. It's a description of what happened. But let me tell you what happened. They were devoted, and everybody was like, that's awesome. And that's what the church needs to look like. And you're the church. Now, I'm human just like anybody else. I want to pull people over in traffic and pistol whip them. I struggle with anger just like anybody else. I have to keep myself away from places because I suffer from temptation just like anybody else. I am no different than you. And I'm telling you that to tell you that I am not enough 
to do what God has called us to do in Ranger. There are people in this city that I will never have influence over, but you already do. There is work to be done, and God has already created the tool for it, and it is you. And you are afraid because you're not enough, but that's exactly what qualifies you to receive the Holy Spirit who will give you the words that you need to speak, the boldness that you need to have, the favor that you need with people. He will give you everything that you need to do what he has called you to do. And look at me when I say this. This is what I want to tell you. You won't have joy until you do it. If you are a Christian... I do not believe that you will have joy in its fullness until you are bearing fruit for Christ. It will bring you misery. It will make you be betrayed more than most other humans in this world. It will bring you a lot of things that the world says, man, do not trade this for that. But it is somehow your joy. Because until you live your purpose, you will never feel fulfillment. There will always be a void. There will always be a hole. God is calling you to something. God has someone that he has set you up as the tool for this job. And until you do it, he's not letting up. Let me just, wow, this, this just came to me, man. Maybe this is from the Holy Spirit. Do you think it's possible that you are afraid of what God has for you to do to the point that it would be a relief to sin so that you've sabotaged your witness and maybe you don't have to do it anymore? Is it possible that you want to feel like a failure so that you could be excused from having to step out in faith to something that God has called you to do? Is it possible that you would try to disqualify or discredit yourself through your own actions? So that you don't have to step out on faith. That just came to me. I don't know if that's for you or not. But Christ has something for you. I want to call the worship team to go ahead and come up. And I want to pray for you guys. The Lord did not make a mistake when he made you. In fact, the Bible says that you are his workmanship. Many will say you are his, uh, many translations will say not workmanship, but masterpiece. The word that we get that from is poema. You are his poem. You are his masterpiece. When God made you, he did not make a mistake. When God set you in the place you are, he did not make a mistake. 
When God set you with the people you're around, he did not make a mistake. When God set you in the time, think about that. Of all the years this earth has been spinning, why are you born now? Because there is something now, and God said, let me make a tool for that, and he created you. You are the tool for the job. You are not a mistake. You are a handcrafted masterpiece. You are, there is a puzzle missing a piece, and it has a very odd shape, and that explains all your eccentricities, right? That explains all your weird turns and curves and loves, because he needed a puzzle piece to fit this missing piece, and you are it. You may come to church and you may look at it as us and them. I want to ask you, I'm begging you, please, just start saying us. I am one piece in this puzzle. You are one piece in this puzzle. When these fishermen, these disciples that that went to trial and it said that when everyone noticed that they were uneducated, ignorant men, they took notice that they had been with Jesus. Man, praise God that I could be looked at like that. It wasn't because these are special people. It was because there was a special God using this people. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to talk to God for just a second because the Holy Spirit is telling me that he is about to speak to somebody. I don't say stuff like this very often. The Holy Spirit's about to speak to somebody right now because you don't feel like you are a part of the puzzle and you are wrong. I can't take any puzzle piece and put it in that spot where you go. You're the only one that goes there. Every little bend and twist and shape and size that you have is because God made you for a special reason. And you cannot sabotage yourself with sin to the point that he doesn't want you anymore. You do not disqualify yourself with sin. You qualify yourself for the need of a Savior. Your shortcomings don't mean that you can't be used. They mean that the Holy Spirit will have to make up the difference and praise God what a story you'll have. He wants you to sanctify yourself. He wants you to devote yourself. He wants you to be a spiritual man, a spiritual woman, filled with the Holy Spirit to where when you walk into the room, the presence is different. And you can be that. Why? Because you're awesome. Hey, you're awesome. I believe that. But you'll never be that awesome because God is good. Because God is good and God is good through you. He moves through you. You hear from him. It's weird. It's hard for me to even believe in God, but after the things that I've seen, I can't, I can't let him go. And you will be that witness. You will be that witness where they go, how? How did she know? How did he know? How did they meet my needs? How does every time he speak straight into my soul? Because the Holy Spirit knows every needs and he will speak it through your tongue. Because, because you have all of him and he has all of you. And there is freedom to be used because you're devoted. Church, I'm asking you, set that alarm. I'm asking you to pray. I'm asking you to seek God with all of your heart. What does it look like? Dude, I don't know. My first date was different than your first date. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know how all the ways that the Lord will speak to you, but I know that he will speak to you. 
If you're waiting for God to do party tricks and I want to see these things before I'll devote myself to the Lord, I am so sad to tell you that it doesn't work that way. I tried. Many of you know enough, you've seen enough, you've experienced enough. There's enough that you can say, there's something here. I need to devote myself to the Lord. I'm asking you to get on your knees and say, God, I need you to speak to me. I'm asking you to open your word and listen for him to speak to you. He will use you. I know, I know it sounds like a really cheesy episode of Barney, man, but you are not a mistake. You are not void of being used. You are not sabotaged from service. You are desired, you are wanted, and the Holy Spirit is wrecking you and will not let you go until you do it. He is a good father, relentlessly he's not giving up on you. And you, you think it's something else. You think you're just cursed. You're just, oh, I just, God is just done with me. I went, no, the reason he's not letting you go is because he won't give up on you. He loves you. The reason he wants you is because you're the tool for the job. You think it means that you're cursed, that God is just, well, everything I'm going is falling apart. No, it's falling apart because he's getting your attention. What would it look if I did this? What would I try it? What are you afraid of? Looking dumb? Try something, you'll look dumb. Don't try something, you'll look dumb. If you're afraid of criticism, let me be the bearer of bad news. It is impossible not to be criticized. You'll be criticized for doing nothing, you'll be criticized for doing something. If that's your fear, then your fear is already realized. The Holy Spirit is moving. I want you. I want you to try. I want you to move. Devote yourself. It may not even be something sinful. Just move something this week. Make a space. I'm taking this off the counter and I'm putting this on. Make a space. Doesn't even have to be something bad. It could be something you pick up later. It's not evil to have a TV in your house. It's not evil to have a phone. But man, what if for a week I just replaced it? Devote yourselves to the Father. We are living in a time where there's a lot of distractions and people are looking for something different. You are something different because you have someone different inside of you. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Bro, when you come to church and, 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 and there's something in front of you, but man, I would have to give this up or I would have to do this or man, it just it smells like broccoli. Taste. Well, like my mama told me. So mommy is green, I'm not eating it. She said, baby, just taste it once. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I'm asking you to devote yourselves. This could be a, a huge, I know, I know preachers are supposed to say that and we're supposed to be convinced of that every week, but if you will take me up on this, this is a pivot for your life. 
Father, I pray for your people, Lord, that you would set the ball on the tee and that we would hit it, Father. And as the, the world calls it dreams, Lord, but you have, put, you have put a burden, you have put a passion, you have put an idea in our hearts and in our minds, and we need to do it, Father. I pray that we would have uh, the, the fortitude, the strength, or the dependency on you to do it, Lord. I pray, Lord, that if, if there's just something that I could speak over the people in your name and for your sake, I would say, go for it, Lord. I believe that's from you. God, I, I pray that we would go for it. I pray that we would reach out to, to lost. I pray that we would reach out to those who, who are questioning. If you are in this place today and you are questioning, dude, you, are not, you don't have to question in the closet. I did that for about 10 years and I hated it. It caused great depression for me. Dude, just come ask the question. Everybody else is thinking it. Lord, I pray for anyone with questions, God, that you would just be with us, that you would meet with us, that you would satisfy us. God, not with the things that we want, but with you, Lord. Satisfy us with you. Holy Spirit, we need you. Holy Spirit, we need you. God, if we don't have you, if you aren't dwelling in us, if there is no comforter to be with us after you've died and you've gone, then there is no point to us being here, Lord. Then there is no way that we can fulfill what you told us to do. So we need you. Be in us. We ask this in Jesus' name. The worship team is going to, um, some of the worship team is going to play a song. And uh, man, I just, wanna, I just want you to spend time with the Lord. Uh, baskets are going to come up. Man, write something on that connection card. We want to pray with you. We want to be with you. But better than that, uh, prayer team, if you would, if you would stand up and, and just, just, hey, just Royce, show them your button, man. Just turn around. Show them. See this? It says, ask me. Man, they've got, they've got these buttons on. They want to pray with you during, during the worship or, or when it's over, when service is over. That's fine. We want to pray with you. Uh, but we believe, man, I believe that the Holy Spirit is here this morning. So as he leads you, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Church, look at me. Go for it. Please stand and worship with